Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Paul speaks of a generation in the last days saying that in the last days there will be a generation of people who will have a form of godliness but will deny the power thereof. And you know what I've been realizing of late is that I believe that you and I live in such a generation. I believe that you and I live in such a generation. I believe that we live in a generation that has taken the principles and the truths of Christianity. Moreover, they've taken the principles and the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ and they have reduced it to nothing more than a mere philosophy. It's one of many ideologies about the world and how it works and what man must do in seeking redemption. And I believe there are many who have turned away from the church and consequently the gospel message and ultimately away from Jesus because we have reduced Jesus to nothing more than a man of words. A wise teacher. A a fond counselor. But I want to tell you something. While in the scripture I read of a man so full of wisdom who was able to spit truth like nobody else, I read also of a man of great power, a man of action, a man who's able to intervene in even the most dire circumstance and wherever he is, he speaks life and wherever he is, he speaks change and wherever he is, he speaks peace and wherever he is, joy is restored because he's a man of power. He's a man of great power. And you know, when it comes right down to the facts of the matter, you know, we've, we've reduced Christianity, I believe, to just, you know, for people in the world to just decide whose counsel I want to receive. And sure, Jesus was a wise teacher and often referenced as a teacher. But Christianity is not to be counted as one of one of many belief systems and a myriad of other belief systems, each one being reduced to an item on a buffet of available beliefs. I'm here to tell you today that I believe, and it's not a popular word in this generation, in this society in which we live, but I believe in the exclusivity of the gospel of Jesus Christ as being the only means among men that is given for salvation. You won't find it in Buddhism. You won't find it in New Age. You won't find it in in any other name but the name of Jesus. It's the only way. Jesus said there's only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. I want to stand here today and apologize to a generation of people that has watched the church argue over core doctrines as to whether it's or not it's all right to accept this belief or whether it's all right to accept this lifestyle. I'm here to tell you today that there is a prescription in this word and there's power in the prescription to change your life and to set you free from the bond of sin today. I, I just, I, I believe this. I believe that the Bible teaches us something different about the gospel. 
I believe the Bible teaches that a relationship with Jesus is not an idea to be embraced, but rather it's a power to be encountered and experienced. As a matter of fact, when Paul was writing to the, to the church at Rome, he wrote to the believers at Rome and he said, for I am, he begins this way. He begins and says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the what? It's the power of God unto salvation. It's not the idea of God. It's not the philosophy of God. It's not the ideology of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. He ends that letter almost in the same way in chapter 16 and he writes to these people and says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. I want to call time out right here for everybody in this room and everybody watching online today. And I want to just issue this, I just want to issue this statement to you that if you're in this place today and you say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm saved and I'm delivered and I'm set free and I'm in a relationship with Jesus and everything's where it ought to be, I want to tell you something. You're probably deceived. Because Jesus says in the book of Revelation that it's a people who are blind, miserable, and naked who look on at the grace and the goodness of God and say, I'm, I'm rich and well increased, but I have need of nothing. Let me tell you something. There's not a soul in this place today that don't have need of something. And I'm here to proclaim to you that there's power in the name of Jesus for the something that you need. So get it out of your head right now that the only people that need to receive something here on a Resurrection Sunday are people that are visiting church for the first time this year. Go ahead and get it down on the inside of you that there ought to be an expectation that before we leave this place today, God is going to show up and show out and you're going to be blessed and you will not leave here like you came in the name of Jesus. To the church at Corinth, Paul writes these words. He says, and I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God to the church at Ephesus Paul writes and says he explains the mystery of the gospel and then in chapter 3 beginning in verse 14 he says for this reason I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on the earth derives its name and I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in in love may have oh y'all fading on me come on we just got started we just got started the, the, the man of God is praying for the people of God and saying I'm praying for you that you may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. I want to tell you something today, church. I believe. I believe that we've lost generations of people along the way because we've led people to empty experiences, empty, anemic 
experiences that have left them empty and they've walked away and they've said if this is all there is to it I don't need any part of this I can have the same trouble without the inconveniences of calling myself a Christian I'm just going to move on but I want to tell you something when you get what my grandma used to call the goods And by that I mean when you get on your face and you pray through until you touch heaven and you get a hold of Jesus, you're going to know what they sang in the old hymn when they sang there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. You're going to find that the troubles in your life begin to diminish and seem very small in the presence of Jehovah. You're going to begin to realize that you've been made more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. You're going to begin to realize that in all these things you have been made victorious in Jesus name listen it's clear in scripture it's clear in scripture that as we come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ we should come expecting much we should we should come to Jesus expecting much in my mind, I just I, I run back to that to that lady twelve years with an issue of blood. She pressed through and she pressed through and she pressed through and she said, "If only." My God, give us an if-only attitude today in the house. Give us an if-only pattern for living. That if-only. I know times are hard. I know things are tough. I know that the interest is up and the stock market's down. But if-only. I know there's bad news in the world all around us, but if only, if only we can get a hold of Jesus. As a matter of fact, in the Gospels, we read Jesus say to his followers these words in John chapter 14. He says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believes me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus touched the, the deaf ear? Do you believe Jesus touched the blinded eye? Do you believe Jesus spoke resurrection life over the graves of those that were dead? Do you believe that Jesus healed the lame and made them to walk again? Do you believe that he touched the lepers and made them clean again? Do you believe that he was able to speak peace to the most tumultuous storms on this earth and then, and then it was found in peace? And Jesus said that these same things that I have done, if you believe in me, you shall do also, church. And I'm telling you and I'm calling a generation of believer to get up on their feet and believe God in this generation for greater things than what we've seen and what we study about and what we've read and know that Jesus himself says and whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the father may be glorified in my in the son if you ask anything in my name I will do it 
And you know what's the most amazing thing about that? Is that we can read in this word and we read in this word and we find that he's a God of miracles. He's a man of power. That he is able to deliver. He is able to heal. He is able to provide. He's able to set free. He's able to loose the bonds of prison. We, we've seen it over and over and over and over again. And in as much as we see these things, we should come to him expecting much. But even in our expectation, our anticipation, should be that we're going to receive exceeding abundantly more than we even ask or think. I'm telling you, church, what I'm saying to you today is that we're shortchanging ourselves. It's one thing when somebody else cheats you. It's another thing when we cheat ourselves. And I believe, church, that for too long we have shortchanged ourselves in the exchange of the Spirit because I believe we ought to be believing God for more than we're seeing. I believe we ought to be believing God for more than we're hearing in this generation. I believe that we need to get back to a place where we're calling on the name of Jesus, believing that he's a wonder-working Savior, that he is able. I'm going to tell you what, somewhere... Somewhere on a Judean hillside, somebody's gathered this morning and they're standing by an empty tomb. That empty tomb is great and I'm thankful for it. But I don't need to gaze on at an empty rock to know that he's alive because I've seen him at work in my own life. I feel him in my heart. I know that he's here in the midst of this crowd today. I know that he's here with us and I know that he's the God of exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So today I'm going to tell you what. I'm here today preaching to you with no hesitation. No hesitation whatsoever. And here's, here's what I want to say to you. We've been taught that we're going to get to Jesus. We need to get to Jesus. And then with a, along with Jesus, we're going to need all these supplemental helps in, of, of so many other things. You, you're going to get to Jesus. and you're gonna, But now you've come to faith and you need this thing. And you need that thing. And you need another thing. But I want to tell you something today. Church, Jesus is all you need. He's all you need. And people are so afraid. I believe in this generation that they're going to be embarrassed if God doesn't feel some, of, some promise to his people. But I'm going to tell you today, life's not going to be perfect. But I'm telling you that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal bodies by that same spirit and you should be able to stand with great expectation today and I'm not going to be embarrassed if God doesn't do a particular thing because I'm not the one who promised. But I'm simply here to tell you today that he who is promised is faithful. What do you believe in God for today? What are you believing a resurrected Savior for today? What are you struggling through? What have you got your hands on that you need to take your hands off of and say, Lord, I know that if you conquered the grave, you've conquered this too. What do you need to let go of today and say, God, I know that if you were able to endure what you endured on the cross and that you were in the tomb three days and came out again victorious, that you'll make me victorious over this situation too. The hymnist wrote, and we've covered it, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. And I'm here today to tell you I believe in a miracle-working, stronghold-breaking, prison-shaking God, a prodigal-saving, dry-bone-raising, resurrecting God who lights up the darkness, goes out before us, and anoints us with great power and grace. 
in the name of Jesus. I have no hesitation preaching to you today that same word that Jesus delivered to John the Baptist when he came with questions in his heart. So he replied to the messenger saying, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. I'm just here to declare to you today that his grace is sufficient for the trial you're facing, his power is more than adequate to overcome and deliver you from the vices that have you bound. His might is so much greater than that of your adversary. His ability to heal is so much greater than your infirmity, sickness, or disease. His peace, his peace is far greater than the anxiety that this world is trying to usher into your life. And his joy is so much greater than the depression of this world. And his clarity is so much greater than the confusion that's trying to vex your life right now. I'm here to declare to, to declare to you today a Savior, Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, raised on the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And on the basis of his resurrection, I tell you that there's power in the blood, there's power to heal, there's power to deliver, and there's power to grant victory in the house today. Amen? Do you believe that? Do you believe that today, church? Listen, I want you to stand with me all over this congregation today. Because I believe in making room. I believe in making room. And sometimes we can come in on Easter Sunday morning and we can be so hyped about the day that it is and we're just so amped up about the, about the moment that we lose sight of the Spirit and, and what God has available for us. But I just want to settle in right here for a minute because in just a moment, we're going to begin to speak Jesus. We're going to begin to speak Jesus over trouble, over adversity, over, over sinfulness, over, over things that have you bound, over things that you've been struggling with, things that you've been going through. We're going to begin to speak Jesus. And, and I just I want to tell you today that if you can name your problem, I can give you a name that's greater. If I said, if you can name your problem, I can give you a name that's greater today. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, I, I preached this text a few weeks ago and I had to stop short of getting there because I didn't, I didn't want to preach my Easter text three weeks ago. I wanted to, I wanted to hold it out, but I'm going to give you the preface here and then we're going to lead up to it. It says, Paul writes to the church at Philippi and he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a servant. And being found in the likeness of a servant, he became obedient to the death, even the death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Can I tell you something today? Your financial struggle can bow right now in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you something today? If you can name your disease, it can bow right now in the name of Jesus. If you can name your affliction, it can bow right now in the name of Jesus. If you can name your vice, it can bow right now in the name of Jesus and declare his lordship. Do you hear me? 
Do you hear me? Every devil that's coming against you right now can bow in the name of Jesus. Every, everything that's warring against your life right now can bow in the name of Jesus. Paul continues, says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. That, the, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I want to challenge you right now, just begin to speak Jesus over your life right now. Just begin, whatever, whatever challenges you have, whatever infirmities you have, however dire your situation seems, however wrong you've been, however messed up your life seems right now, I want you just to begin to speak Jesus. And it's, it's, it's a name that's above every name. And I speak Jesus over your lives. I speak Jesus over your bodies. I speak Jesus over your finances. I speak Jesus over your children. I speak Jesus over your households. I speak Jesus over your marriages. I speak Jesus over your careers. I speak Jesus over your anxiety. I speak Jesus over your cancers. I speak Jesus over your depression. I speak Jesus over your tough situation. I declare the name of Jesus in this house today that you will be made free in the name of Jesus. So we're going to do that very thing right now in just a moment. In response, in response to the greatest miracle and the greatest message, you, you may have tried church before and you've been disappointed. You may have tried religion before and you've come up empty. But I want to challenge you today to try Jesus because there's power in the name of Jesus. You don't have to live empty anymore. You don't have to live hurting anymore. You don't have to live struggling anymore. You don't have to live infirm anymore. You can be made whole in the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.